0: For those of you who don't know who I am, my name is John. I'm one of our campus pastors here at Vortex. And I'm excited to be with you guys today to share in week two of our Stronger Foundation series. But before we get into that, there's a few people that I just want to take a moment honor. And the first one is Pastor Kevin. I'm so thankful for Pastor Kevin and just in my life, the friendship that we have. But just to be able to have a pastor that loves Jesus and has such a passion to reach the lost here in our community you guys get to see that here on Sunday mornings, but I get the privilege to be able to work with him throughout the week to see it. He's got that same heart every day to continue to strive to make it hard to go to hell in Stanley County, and I'm excited to be a part of a church, and I'm, I'm thankful that he's allowed me to be on stage today to be able to share with you guys. And Also, I want to just introduce you to my family. I want you guys to take a look at this picture right here. That right there is it pretty much captures who we are as a family. We love to have a good time. That's my wife Erin over there on the left side. She serves our community so well. She's a teacher here in Stanley County. She taught for 16 years at Central Elementary. Transitioned this year over to Albemarle Middle, and she doesn't just teach to teach an education, but she loves these students and she cares about these students. Even years later, we're walking through Walmart. Nobody knows who I am, but there's Miss Meixel, and they're walking up, and they're giving her a hug, and even students who have graduated from some of the first ones that she has, that's the, the impact that she makes by serving in our community. She serves our family so well by what she's doing behind the scenes, allows me to be able to do what I do for us here at Vortex. And then my son, Colton, he's only 14 years old, but he's He's at the STEM early college this year. I mean, that's that is a smart, one of the smartest kids I know. He's right now at 14, he's a freshman, but he's taking junior level math class this semester and just killing it. He does such a phenomenal job. We play a ton of Monopoly almost every day. And we keep track of it. I think he won last night and tied it back up because we keep track of all that kind of stuff. But he is just, he is such a smart kid. I'm excited to see where God is taking him in his life. And then our daughter Cameron, she's 11 years old. She just came off of the basketball season, made the team as a sixth grader on the middle school basketball team, and kicking off two softball teams in this spring. She's our little athlete of the family, but really what what I love to see in her is she is just such a good friend. She, She loves to be around her friends. She loves to serve and just to be a good friend. She's generous in the things that she does. So that's that's my family. I'm thankful to be a part of that and I love them so much. We are right now in the middle of our 28 days of prayer and fasting. And my my heart is that you're continuing to seek God through that. We're about halfway through in that. And I don't know if you guys have had some experiences like I've had. So there's there's some good things that we can do in the fast. As a staff, we're doing the Daniel fast and I give up a a lot of things that I I love during the fast, Uh, Dr. Pepper, some sweet tea, Uh, I give up all of the candies and the sugars and that kind of stuff, so there's not a lot of things that I can snack on. So during the Daniel fast, generally I eat a lot of cashews. Well, this year I kind of went a a little overboard, we went to Sam's, got one of those big jugs of cashews, I ate the whole thing in like three days, (laughs) terrible, terrible idea, my body hated me by day four, haven't touched a cashew since. So hopefully your experience on that side of it has not been like mine, but I pray that through this, God is continuing to speak to you to help you understand what he's calling you into this year. Last year, Pastor, or not, not last year, last week, Pastor Kevin kicked off our Stronger Foundation series. He did a phenomenal job of setting the stage for what it means to build a stronger foundation foundation. He said, I'm not where I used to be, but I'm not where I want to be. And hopefully that's where you're at in your faith right now. You've come a long way in your journey, but hopefully you don't feel like you're at that end game, that you're continuing to seek God, continuing to see what God is calling you to do. We learn the importance of building that strong foundation through a, a message that Jesus preached on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7 24, it says that everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it was built on the foundation. It was built on the rock. He heard the words of Jesus and he put them into practice. It continues in verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not Put them into practice. is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew against the house, and it fell with a crash. During the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, you've heard these words of mine. Now put them into practice. The wise man did. He built that foundation on Jesus. And when the storm came, his house stayed. But the foolish man did not put them into practice. They both went through a storm. But the foundation that we build by hearing the words of Jesus and then putting them into practice. So when Jesus said to hear these words of mine, what is he saying in that? We need to go back just a couple chapters to a little bit earlier in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. Jesus says, you are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights the lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. We are the light of the world. Jesus calls us to be the light. And to be the light, we can do that through serving. And if think about that, that lamp for a minute. In your house, when it's dark and you get up and you go and turn that light on, you don't turn it on to cover it so it stays dark. You turn that lamp on so it provides the light, And that's what Jesus is calling us to do is to be that light. But even in that, that lamp, that light bulb, there is a small filament in that bulb that creates a bright light. And you may be thinking today as, a, as you serve, how can I make a difference in this world? Yes, you may only be one person, but your light can shine bright to make a difference in this world. I wanna share an illustration with you guys. I want everyone to take out your cell phones right now and I want you to turn the flashlight on and aim it towards the stage here. Go ahead and get your light out and, and have that shining. So if you have your cell phone up and you have your light shining, what direction is that light shining? It's shining in front of you, away from you. When you turn your light on your cell phone and you're walking around your house trying to find something, are you looking at your phone or are you looking at where that light is shining? You're looking out in front of you. But now, without turning your light off, I want you to to turn your camera on on your phone. What happens? The light goes away. So when our focus changes, when your camera's on, you're looking down. You're not looking out in front of you. And that's the same thing with our lives. If we are called to be the light of the world, that focus cannot be back on us. It cannot be in our direction. That light needs to shine out for the world to see. Your light can only shine when the focus is not on you. Your light can only shine when that focus is not on you. In Matthew 5, verse 16, In the same way, let your good deeds shine. Let your serving shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. We're instructed here with our good deeds to let that shine, to let people see your good deeds. Let people see you serving in this world because when we serve, it points people to Jesus. Our serving points people to Jesus. Not everything, though, is supposed to be broadcast. There are times in Scripture that that we are instructed to do things, but they are not designed to be broadcast, to show to the world. One of those is generosity. Generosity is something from our heart that we give freely. But we're not going out and saying, hey, this is how much I gave to church. This is how much I gave to this organization. That's not something that we're instructed to do. And the same thing with our fasting. That that is something that is an intimate relationship between us and God. Focus on that. But when it comes to serving, when it comes to our good deeds, we are instructed to let those good deeds shine, to point people to Jesus. Last week, like I said, Pastor Kevin did such a good job of showing us the way to build a stronger foundation. And one of the ways that we can do that is to have a stronger serve. The stronger our serve, the better that foundation we can build. So what does it mean to serve? Well, we saw that in the scripture. Jesus tells us to serve is to let your light shine. Let your light shine so we can point people to Jesus. The definition of serve, it's a verb, it's an action, it's something that we need to do. It is to perform duties or services for another person or an organization. There's nothing in that definition that points back to me. When we are called to serve, it is to serve others, not to yourself. I want you to think right now, is there someone in your life that exemplifies a life of serving? Generally, when we think about somebody who serves, it usually comes pretty quick to our mind because it is so rare to see somebody to serve at that capacity. So think about somebody today in your life and the impact that they've made because of the serving That they do. For me, the biggest person in my life that I see is my mom. My mom has exemplified a life of serving. My parents got married. My dad was 18. My mom was 20. Right out of high school, my dad felt the calling to become a pastor. For 47 years, he was a pastor, just retired a little over a year ago. And at the age of 20, my mom picked up multiple jobs to be able to work to support my dad and support the calling he had on his life. He drove an hour back and forth every day to go to school. And she served behind the scenes to make sure that happens. And when he got his first church, my mom became his administrative assistant. And through all 47 years, all the different churches that they pastored, my mom was there behind the scenes, serving and working. And to this day, most people have no idea the amount of serving that she did behind the scenes. The, the late nights, the early morning on Sundays before anybody got in there. My dad was on stage and he served so well in his church and his community. But behind the scenes, they didn't see the work that my mom put in serving for my dad, serving the church and serving for our family. So I'm thankful for the example that I saw growing up to see somebody in my life that exemplifies a life of serving. We are called to be the light of the world to serve as Jesus did. Matthew 20, verse 28, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. When Jesus came to this earth, he came to serve. He did not come to be served, he came to serve. Today I want to share three ideas of how to build a stronger foundation by serving. Number one is to build a stronger foundation by serving even when you feel like you're not enough. Even when you feel like you're not enough. So how do you respond when you're given a task or given a job, especially if it's something that you feel God leading you into? Do you say, I can't do that? I don't know what I'm doing. That's not something I can do, God. You say, I won't be able to make a difference. I'm too small. I'm too insignificant. Or maybe you say, someone else can do it better than me. Let them do it. If that's you today, you're not alone. Because I promise you, there's been plenty of times that God has heard me use those excuses. That God, I I, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. Someone else can do it better than me. I want to share three examples in Scripture where we see some very important stories that Jesus uses in Scripture to share with us some people that use these same excuses. And the first one is Moses. God goes to him and instructs him to lead his people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Take them to the promised land. And Moses stands before God, and he looks immediately at his own insecurities, at his own weaknesses, and believes that this is something that he cannot do. We pick this story up in Exodus 3, but Moses protested God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? He doubted himself. And there may be times that you doubt your abilities. There may be times that you you doubt the talents and the abilities that God has given you. The story doesn't end there with Moses. The very next verse, it says, God tells him, I will be with you. So when Moses was thinking that he's got to do that on his own strength, God immediately reminds him that, no, you don't. I called you into this. I will be with you through the journey. And the same words that God told Moses are the same words that he's reminding you today, that when he calls you into something, that he's not gonna leave you out there by yourself, that you don't have to do it on your own strength, that God tells you that I will be with you and that he will help you through that journey. The second story that we see is a young man named Jeremiah. He's a young prophet in Judah, which is actually part of the southern kingdom just below Israel, and he's a young man at this time, and in his lifetime, he sees the kingdom of Judah be taken over by the Babylonians, a very ruthless group of people. They come in and they surround the city for months, starve them out, kill many of them, and just wreak havoc and Jeremiah, in his young age, he sees this and he's scared. But God calls him to go in and to rescue this kingdom. Jeremiah 1 says, The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. And Jeremiah's response is, "O sovereign Lord, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. Maybe today you doubt your experience like Jeremiah did. He felt that he was young. He felt like he didn't have the experience that he needed to be able to go and do this. And for our students in the room today, let me encourage you. Your age doesn't matter. Your experience doesn't matter. If God calls you into it, He will lead you through it. And you will gain the wisdom that you need through that process. Because when God calls you, you need to learn, learn to respond with, here I am, I'm ready to serve. Not doubting whether you're too young, not doubting whether you have the experience, but to trust God through that. The third example, Jesus tells the story of a poor widow. And Jesus is standing in the temple with his disciples and the religious leaders are there. And over and over and over again, there's rich people that are coming in giving large amounts of money in the offering. And the religious leaders are just in awe at just how much money these people, oh, they must love Jesus. They're bringing a lot of money. But then a poor widow comes in and she drops two small copper coins into the offering. And they can't believe it. They're thinking, well, she doesn't love Jesus that much. She's only bringing in a small amount. But Jesus gathers his disciples and he tells them this. He called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who were making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, as poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Jesus saw what was really happening in that moment. She gave everything. It didn't compare to the person next to her, but she wasn't worried about that. She gave it all to Jesus, and she trusted him in that. And today, maybe you doubt if your gift is enough. You doubt that whether your talents or maybe you're giving, you doubt whether it's enough. You doubt whether it's enough to make a difference. But, like that poor widow, it's not a comparison. She wasn't worried about what the person next to her was giving, she gave out of obedience out of what she had. Because it's not what you have, it's what you give that matters. We've all been given different talents, different abilities. And in one of the areas that maybe we feel that we're not enough in, that we can't make a difference in, is through missions. We live in such a big world. There's so much going on. How can we make a difference? Well, let me tell you how we can make a difference. In just two days, we've got a team of about 18 people that are getting ready to leave, to head to Honduras, to go down to one of our care points for Children's Cup. And every one of these 18 has a different skill set has a different talent. And I promise you that right now, they're thinking, I'm not going to be able to make a difference. I'm worried whether or not I can contribute enough to the team. But they're being faithful with what they've been given. And they're using that to make a difference in this world. And for those who are staying back, you may be asking, what can we do To make a difference through missions. But you can pray. I've got four quick things that you can pray for this week for our team. Number one is to pray for safety. Pray for safety for each team member, safety for their health, safety as we travel. Number two is to pray for impact for the families that we reach. It's back to school for them. They go January to December, so this is a big back to school time. We get to hand out backpacks and help prepare them for school. We get to meet with families as we're down there. Pray for influence in that. Pray for growth in our personal faith. Growth for the faith of each person that is on this trip. Their eyes will be open. That their faith will continue to grow. And the last one is to pray for influence in our community back home. Because when this team gets back, and as their faith grows... It's going to be contagious. They're going to make an impact in their families' lives. They're going to make an impact here at our church and it'll spread into our community. Pray that we can have influence to reach people for Jesus. Like I said, not every gift is the same. Every one of us has been given different gifts, but they've all been given by God to accomplish a specific purpose that each one of us has been called into What gift do you have that you're holding back on today because of one excuse or another? You've got talents that you've been given by God, but you're scared to step out in faith. Maybe you feel you're unqualified to do it. But what are you holding back on today that you need to say yes to Jesus and allow him to use you to be a light in this dark world? When you serve faithfully with what you have, you point people to Jesus. As you serve, you are continually pointing people to Jesus. The first thing we saw today, to have a stronger foundation when we serve, even when you don't feel like you're enough. The second one is a stronger foundation by serving even when you don't understand. To serve even when you don't understand. Have you ever felt that that tug from the Holy Spirit in your heart to to step out and to serve, but you're unclear of what that looks like? You don't understand what that process is going to be like? In those moments is when it really requires more faith. To continue to get closer to God, to be able to hear His voice, to help guide you through that, We need to trust God through the process because that's what it is. It's a process. God doesn't show us the entire roadmap. He doesn't show us everything that we will go through to get to the end. And I personally believe that he does that to protect us because if we saw everything we needed to go through, the trials, the challenges, to get to where he's calling us, we're gonna be scared. We're gonna step away We're gonna quit the journey. But he guides us one step at a time. And I've seen that in my own life as I look through my life. When I was younger, probably first or second grade, when I was asked, what do you wanna be when you grow up? What do you wanna do? What do you feel God calling you into your life? At that age, I'm like, I wanna build churches. Brick and mortar, physical churches. I wanna build churches. That was a passion that I had. As a kid, as I got older and I got into high school and into college, I, I worked for a general contractor for a couple of years, learning the trade, feeling like that was going to help fulfill the calling in my life. But as I went through college, it changed multiple times with the jobs that I had. And each job felt unrelated to the previous job. And I'm going through and I'm wondering. Is this still the calling that God has in my life? Because it felt so distant, so unrelated. I was confused many times. I was frustrated many times trying to figure out what the next step was going to be. The problem was I didn't see the big picture. But that was God protecting me from some of the trials and the things that I would go through in my life. I wasn't ready for what God was placing in front of me. My focus was inward. I was lacking in faith. But God was continuing to prepare me for what he had called me into. And we may not always understand what that next step is going to be. As I went through this journey, as I went through this process, a verse that I continued to look at to give me strength, to give me wisdom, is Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. So in the times I didn't understand, instead of worrying, he says to go pray. Seek God to find out what that next step is going to be. And then when God fulfills that promise to go back and to thank Him so we can gain the peace that He has promised us. And in my journey, I had to get to a point where I had to be willing to accept that I wouldn't always understand. I wouldn't always know what that next step was going to be. But my faith continued to grow. And I was able to understand really what God was calling me into the vision that I had to build churches was the right vision. But what I was thinking was, was the brick and mortar. But as God took me through the journey, each job that I had prepared me for the next. And prepared me for where I'm at right now. And instead of building brick and mortar churches, I am able to be a part of helping build the church through serving here at Vortex. And through serving in my community. So that vision I had as a kid to help build the church was there. But it took multiple steps, steps of faith, when I didn't understand, even through the confusion and the frustration and the trials, continuing to stay faithful because I could have given up. And trust me, I wanted to many times. But there was a reward that God wanted to give me and a blessing that he wanted to give me. And that leads me to point number three. The final point is to build a stronger foundation by serving when it isn't easy. To build that strong foundation by serving when it isn't easy. Like I said, I could have given up, and I wanted to, when it got hard, when it got frustrating, when it got challenging. But we've got to remember to remain faithful through that. Serving doesn't mean that we have it all together. It doesn't mean our life has to be perfect. It doesn't have to be exactly where we want it to be. Serving can be powerful in our brokenness. When we are broken, it actually points people more to Jesus. When people see us serving in difficult situations, they know it's not our strength, but God's strength in us. Many of you right now are serving through some difficult seasons. And it's not easy. But let me encourage you to continue to stay faithful even in these challenging seasons because it is making a big difference in this world. Your light is shining bright. You are pointing People to Jesus when you serve in your brokenness. Trust me, your family sees it. They know what you're going through. But especially if you serve and you have kids, they see you get up on Sunday morning and come in and serve, even when it's not easy. And there's times that we say that I don't want to get up and serve. There are times that we can say, Let someone else do it. There are plenty of excuses not to serve. Because we've all had those rough Sunday mornings that we wake up and it's just, it's been a tough season or it's been a rough week and we wake up and we're like, man, I don't want to do this. And I'll be honest, that's that's me. There's been plenty of Sundays over the 10 years that I've been here that I've woken up and I just want to hit that snooze button or I just want to turn that alarm off and go back to bed. But I'm a paid staff, so I kind of have to be here on Sunday mornings. But for those of you that are here that volunteer you guys don't get paid anything but yet you continue to remain faithful. Continue to wake up when it's hard and come in and serve. And on those days when it's hard for me y'all make a difference in my life. When I come in and it's tough I've got things I'm battling in my life. Through your faithfulness to serve and your encouragement to me You're making a difference in my life. So I just wanna say thank you for honoring God and continuing to serve even when it's a struggle. We show the love of Jesus to others when we serve. We show the love of Jesus the most when we serve. When we serve, we are the light of the world. We shine bright into a dark world and make a difference. Even on the days when it's not easy, we need to be faithful to the calling God has placed on our lives. Because you will go through difficult seasons. You will go through challenging times. Those are the times that your faith needs to continue to remain strong. Continue to trust God in that. Second Chronicles 15, But as for you, be strong and do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. God promises a reward for those that don't give up. He knows it's going to be challenging. He knows it's going to be tough. But He promises a reward. We will see rewards here on earth. They are temporary. But we will gain rewards on earth if we don't give up. But the rewards that we really want to strive after are the heavenly rewards. Those rewards are eternal. The rewards that we gain when we get to heaven. At the end of our lives, what we have will not matter. But what we do and how we serve others will. Over this past season we've we've lost some of our own. Some good friends of mine, some good friends of y'all's. And as I reflect on their life, as I talk to others and talk to the family, their lives were examples of serving. They served when it was tough. They loved others when they were broken. They made a difference in other people's lives. What will people say about you when you're gone? What legacy will you leave behind? As I close out today, I'm reminded that Jesus is the absolute greatest example of what it means to serve, what it means to be a light into a dark world. He laid aside heaven. He became man. And by doing that, what he did was he created a separation between him and God. He was no longer at the right hand of the Father, but he became man. And he was subjected to the trial of a criminal. A man who had committed no sin, had done no wrong, was sent to trial. He was beaten and he was wounded and he was crucified for our sins. The greatest example of what it means to serve. I want to look back at Matthew 20 verse 28 when It says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus gave his life away to point people to Jesus. A life given away by serving is a life worth living. It's not always gonna be easy. You're not always gonna understand You're going to feel insignificant at times. But a life given away by serving is a life worth living. I want to ask you today, how bright is your light shining? How bright is your light shining out into this dark world? Is it bright? Are you serving others in a way that you are making a difference When people see you, they see Jesus. Is that the way your light is shining today? Or maybe your light over the years has began to dull a little bit. You face some challenges in life that your faith has not been as strong as it needed to be. And that light is beginning to dim. Or maybe your light has never been turned on at all. You've never made that decision to place Jesus at the center of your life, to be the light in this world. How bright is your light shining today? Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.